I don't know what all this stuff is. I'll order for you. Don't they have brown rice and vegetables? Do you like brown rice and vegetables? Yeah. You do? Sort of. Really? It's worse than dog food. <laughs> it is. I've had dog food. You have? Mm-hmm. Long time ago. Doggy chow. Oh, I used to love doggy chow. <laughs> I used to love doggy chow too. everybody welcome to generation lost the show about movies featuring Bryn and jeremy and jeremy <laughs> uh and we uh don't take ourselves too seriously you better um, fucking believe it folks <laughs> uh and today we are talking about a movie that also doesn't take itself too seriously <laughs> uh, <laughs> paul verhoeven's showgirls is kicking off uh the dark council's fuck brewery month is that I what think, we're calling yeah, it? i think we're calling it fuck brewery or um feb fuck gray uh there was something else no wasn't I, it's there? not there gonna was, be that whatever you just said is not was, it it's fuck brewery um i mean they said like erotic month um, sure sexy february um, sexy february um, absolutely fuck Aquarius season Fuck Aquarius? Yeah, like Aquarius oh. season. It's uh, fuck Aquarius season. When you're listening to this, by the way, folks, uh, it's going to be my goddamn birthday the very next day. Oh, your birthday's Tuesday. Yes. Yes, it is. Happy birthday. Thank can- you. I'm going to be 36. Hey, that's almost my age. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It just keeps going, huh? Life? Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> if you're lucky if you're lucky that's what i hear yeah yeah um so do we read off what the sh- it's gonna i don't think we even mentioned at the end what the movies were gonna be for this month no i don't um, think we did so let's, we usually uh, like to do but uh this month the erotic fuck brewery month is going to be showgirls which is today um and then it will be uh 1981's body heat and then it is uh, Peter Strickland's uh, lesbian kink odyssey, uh, The Duke of Burgundy. Nice. Um, which I saw in theater with him present. and t- He was, I'll talk about it on the episode. Uh, and then a, a movie I haven't actually seen, uh, 1976's In the Realm of the Senses. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these. These are all new to me. Um I have now seen Showgirls. But, <laughs> uh, hopefully. <laughs> but um, otherwise, no, I've never seen any of these and never heard of any of these. I had only, I had not seen, I had seen a couple scenes of Showgirls. I realized watching it that I hadn't wa- actually seen it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd seen some of it on TV. Yeah, I'd seen scenes funny. from it before. Um, I've never seen Body Heat. 
I have seen the Duke of Burgundy and I've only seen scenes of in the realm of the senses. So this will be pretty new for both of us. Um, these aren't my type of sexy movies, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Maybe I just don't watch a lot of sexy movies. Yeah. Um, it's a very, uh, it's a very kind thing, by the way, folks, to be making me watch all these sexy movies while my wife is in her third trimester and not even remotely <laughs> interested in fucking right now. <laughs> <laughs> now you feel like all of our listeners. A, f- a very kind it, it, thing to have done. <laughs> involuntarily celibate. Yeah. <laughs> you are. Uh, I am not. Um, yeah. I will say though, Showgirls isn't actually that sexy no it it's very rare of, it's it has there, a lot of nudity has a lot of nudity it's very rare that there's actually a sexy scene there are a couple um and and god help us you know we can <laughs> we can we'll use our there. imaginations <laughs> we sure can use our, what if these people were acting normal that would be pretty hot <laughs> what if this hot chick was sucking my dick Using my imagination. <laughs> I'm using my imagination. But this is the first time I think we've had a Dark Council month like intentionally bleed into the next one. No, uh, no, they've done that before. Not this they? explicitly before. But yeah, they usually will uh if if there's a way to make the the bridge work, uh they'll they'll do it. I'm trying to look okay. for any specific examples here, but Okay, well there maybe not the couple. first, but it is uh one of them. And so this is a Paul Verhoeven movie. We just got done with Verhoeven month. Uh so we're continuing watching Verhoeven movies, which I'm excited about and I'm glad we did that month to contextualize this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh because it is really insane. Yes. Um definitely but before we talk about that we should talk about what else we watch. And last week, Jeremy didn't watch anything. That's right. Uh, this week, I watched so many movies because I was on a plane. Oh. Uh, so I could continue to only You did, it. and we do have to talk about at least one of them. However, uh, I did watch something this week, and we do Great. need to talk about it. Um, I watched uh, the 2023, I guess, um, um satirical black comedy thriller television series the curse oh boy okay yeah. great you talked about it last week and it uh it, it it got me excited so i i had to go and check it out my goddamn self i watched yeah. the whole thing i devoured it 10 hours 10 hours <laughs> and um gotta say nice show nice. good job everybody <laughs> uh, good show my, not my favorite, not like, you know, it's not um it's not making like an all-time classics list or nothing like that, but um there's a lot to like here. Mm-hmm. Um it's a pretty enjoyable series. It's a very uh hard to enjoy series as well. Um in a very typically Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie sort of way, uh it is both at once thrilling and enjoyable and also like the hardest thing you've ever spent your time watching. <laughs> constantly looking at your watch being like damn is this excruciating scene over yet nope not yet (laughs) they they keep on doing it i still have to watch her pretend like she doesn't know this person hates her yeah let's let's um buckle in because we're gonna spend another two minutes watching emma stone try to insert herself into this conversation (laughs) and fail (laughs) Um, so as we discussed last week uh, this tells the story of um, Whitney and Asher Siegel who are a married couple who are uh, 
uh, they have a, a HGTV show that they're filming a pilot for called um, uh, Flip Fliplanthropy. Uh, <laughs> where they are trying to uh, build these uh, eco-conscious sustainable homes out of mirrors that um, that they very obviously stole the idea from from this other guy um, it's a very interesting show uh, like it's it's a lot about performative wokeness it's a lot about like wealth and like the the way that like wealthy people think that they're helping people but are actually kind of stepping on them even worse and making conditions worse for them um we talked about a lot of this stuff last week so i won't retread that stuff what we didn't talk about last week which you you didn't want to talk about last week and and i thank you for it uh, <laughs> you can't is, spoil that you can't spoil it uh the last episode of the curse so for nine and a half episodes it's a very straight ahead show it's you know it's 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 Nathan Fielder and, and Benny Safdie and it, it has that excruciating sort of vibe to it. Uh, but it is a very like easy to wrap your head around idea, you know, <laughs> like nothing about it is like exactly like passing you by. You're getting what's happening. Right. Um, and then. Uh, the are we, are, are, we're not spoiling it. Yes, we are. Oh, we're OK. So we are spoiling listener, <laughs> listener before Jeremy continues. Do not listen to this. You will ruin. I don't even think we should be saying it, but fine. We've already given you <laughs> a whole two week warning, I believe. Yeah. That if you want to listen, listen to the show, watch the sh- fucking watch the curse. Um, yeah. Skip if, ahead you're, if you're interested in watching the curse, even a little the, bit, skip ahead um, to the 15 minute mark. Skip don't ahead listen to, the to this. Mark. Don't spoil this for yourself. Don't spoil I'm, it. You're going to be I mad at yourself for spoiling it. And I don't care. Usually I am always the, I like knowing about stuff beforehand. This mm-hmm. one time, it's much better to experience this without knowing anything. Yeah. Uh-huh. So skip ahead, but let's talk about it. Okay. So Spoilers. Halfway through the final episode. Um, so, so uh, what's her name? Um Whitney. Uh, Whitney is pregnant. Uh, she's really, really pregnant. She's about to go into labor. They uh, go to bed one night. They wake up in the morning, and Asher is stuck to the ceiling. And uh, and then the entire last third of the last episode of The Curse completely just like does a huge left turn from what has otherwise been a straight down the barrel, really you know easily understood, no fantastical elements show. And then out of nowhere... Uh, Asher like it, it's I guess like what what kind of uh reveals itself over the the last bit is that uh the rules are kind of like reversed for Asher's gravity where like he's just kind of like uh like his center of gravity is now in space and so That's he's right. like stuck to the ceiling and if he goes outside like when he goes outside he uh he gets stuck in a tree and he's like holding on for dear life nobody's helping him uh, no one believes nobody him. believes him nobody understands what's happening with him so they just are like treating it as though he's just up in the tree and they need to get him down from there um and he's like freaking out and explaining to them like no you need to put a net around me and tie it to the truck i'm going to fly away otherwise and they're like yeah don't worry about it and then they just like <laughs> cut the branch and he flies away into space and dies <laughs> yes um, uh, this move, this episode, the experience of watching this episode, I ha- I don't think I felt in a long time, 
like investing 10 hours into something, mm-hmm. nine hours into something, and then being confronted with that image of him like laying down on the ceiling mm-hmm. and then them like slowly realizing that like they start like rationalizing it being like, Oh, it's like an air pocket or something. Yeah. Like the house because of like the pressurized or house or whatever. And, and they're like trying to problem solve. They're trying to figure out how to get him down, but they can't. And like, um, they're so confronted with the reality of it that they they're not even like, at first I was like, has this happened before to them? Because they're talking about it like, okay, yeah. wait, what is what is happening? And just like the extremely grounded way they're emotionally dealing with what's happening mm-hmm. is like kind of horrifying. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and really uncomfortable. And it's uh, and it's like uh and and they kind of persist with the directorial style of the whole series where like you get these really long takes and these really long shots of like otherwise mundane activities but now they're treating you to these like long sequences of nathan fielder trying to like navigate his way around the ceiling of this house (laughs) michelle gondry style where like yeah you're like how did they do this exactly i mean this is really what i wanted to talk about is like sure it's like it's interesting in terms of like the actual story and like the joy of experiencing it the way that you experience it when you let it happen like it's it's incredible it's a really fun time uh but the technicals of it like i mean it tips its hand a little bit just in terms of like if you've seen um the rehearsal then you like kind of already know that like nathan fielder and 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 in nathan for you he does this a lot too where he makes he loves replicas like he is obsessed with replicas he loves the idea of a replica so it's like you can see a lot of times where it's like okay they made a replica of the house upside down basically yeah um, and so they're filming him on the ceiling with an upside down camera and they're like filming her regular and like they're using that and kind of cutting them together and stuff. And it's like, you can understand that of there's course. a couple of shots where you're like, how, how did <laughs> yeah. they do that? I need to know. <laughs> you know, like there's a couple of shots where there's one where like, where Whitney like jumps up to grab Asher and like, you know, he's on the ceiling, she's on the floor. She's like hanging on his arms, trying to pull yeah. him down. I just like I don't know how they accomplished <laughs> that. I can't th- I've thought about it for days just trying to figure out like how did they fucking do it? And it doesn't look like you would you, this is one of those things where it'd be like if any part of it was just CGI'd or like, you know, you would feel like you'd be able to tell, mm-hmm. but like some part of it is like sickening to look at because like that was the one moment where I was like started it i started responding to it like i was watching possession or something like yeah. a horror movie where i was just like oh god like what is happening how am yeah. i seeing this <laughs> yeah because even even if it was like you know the even if you were to believe that it's cgi that they're doing there i don't know how they would have done that i don't know how that yeah. would have worked unless you know? <laughs> one of them is a fully cgi character all of a sudden but that doesn't seem to be right and and the gravity doesn't look like it you know it doesn't like they they are touching each other there's real like you know push and pull happening the only explanation i can think of is that for that one shot they actually like strapped nathan fielder to the ceiling and they actually had him hold her up that's the only thing i can think of yeah but it's so wide they would have like edit out whatever he's being struck it's very strange it's very Um, strange 
Incredible, then, though. But then even like other stuff, like where he's like trying to use the vacuum to get the. Mm-hmm. So th- does is that one? He's like upside down. Because how do they get the phone to behave that way? Because I was trying to find <laughs> like uh, I, I was keeping an eye on his face in particular, uh, just to see, to if, see if, if it ever going to yeah, if it ever got red, and it never did. I know. It never I, gets that, I've watched it a couple times now. It's so yeah. crazy. So that the execution of the scene really messes with you because mm-hmm. you're like, I'm seeing something I shouldn't be seeing. It's done impeccably. And then yeah. once he's outside on like on the like the overhang mm-hmm. before he gets to the tree, because once he gets to the tree, you can almost just be like, oh, he's just like hang, he's just holding the branch. Right. There's not much looks crazy. But like when he's on the overhang, I'm just like, I don't know how they did this. Yeah. Like, I don't I, know. They like strapped him there or something, but he like keeps standing up and moving around and stuff. Very, very bizarre scene. And and I think to 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 basically take the entirety of like the emotional metaphor of the of the whole show and then ended in this like spectacular surrealism is just like Mm -hmm. so handing me a present on my birthday like Uh i just couldn't believe how great that was (laughs) (laughs) um it's beautiful an incredible show i loved it yeah i liked it a lot i definitely recommend it Um, i don't know if i think that the entire show is as good as the highest moments of the rehearsal Oh, um, definitely not. No, like the uh, the couple. There's a couple episodes of the rehearsal that are just like unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, and a lot of the curse is sort of just a regular movie. Mm-hmm. Um, until the very end. Yeah, I would say that. Uh, my kind of overall takeaway from it was that like the ending alone is worth the price of admission. It's worth getting through all ten hours just to get to that. But I think that before that, it's okay. It's like pretty good. But a lot of times, I'm like like not uh not enjoying it as much as i did the rehearsal or nathan for you you know um um i i think i might be a little higher on it i i really did enjoy the um the movie i really like benny safty's character i love his character yes I, one of my I, one of my favorite moments in the entire show uh is <laughs> <laughs> when they go to the gas station they're, they're, I don't even remember why they're at a gas station. This is a very mundane moment. And like the scene is about something that Nathan Fielder has to do at the gas station. Yeah. But they walk in and Benny Safdie like comes in behind him. He's like, ooh, they have rings here. <laughs> Just a fucking incredible, <laughs> oh, like regular incredible ring, like delivery ring. of that line. <laughs> oh, Cause man. Because he, he wears rings on every finger in the show. Yeah. He's um, got like turquoise rings on every so finger. So fucking funny. Uh, uh yeah, he's just like a really well observed character. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a a guy who I've met. Yes. Um, yeah, I think he's great. I think a lot of the little side windy plots that happen are really really well thought out and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Emma Stone, I don't think I said this. I think this is the best performance Emma Stone's ever put in. Like, yeah, I think that's this is the best I've ever seen her at least. So incredible. Uh, in this show like she deserves an emmy for this if Mm -hmm. i don't think that i think it got pretty snubbed but i think that she was so good um but yeah i loved it i think it's a great show it's very good uh what did you watch this week uh you watched a lot of stuff i watched a lot of stuff we got to talk about barbie at the very least i think i think i'll talk about barbie because 
Wow. Really strange experience watching Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, can you give us the whole list? Give us the whole list of everything you watched on the plane. Oh, okay. We just watch every everything I watch? Okay. Uh, let's see. First of all, we we had Barbie on the plane, and I was like, going to watch that. So I, I watched Barbie first. And then I watched a movie called uh, Landscape with Invisible Hand. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very bizarre, satirical, dystopian sci-fi movie. Um, and that was probably my favorite out of the f- movies I watched on mm-hmm. the plane. And then I started uh, Blackberry, uh, which is the uh, Dennis Reynolds... Um, oh, that's right. I was going to say Ashton Kutcher, but that's the uh, Apple one. It's Glenn... No, no, yeah. It's not Jobs. It's a Glenn Howerton... Mm-hmm. And um, what is that guy's name? Jay. Uh, he's the nerd. Jay Baruchel. Um, and Matt Johnson from Nirvana the Show, who directed mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, and that's a pretty fun one. And then I watched um, No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh. Um, so they those are all interesting in that they're like kind of were discoursey movies except for landscape which no one's ever heard of mm-hmm. um unfortunately it's got tina tiffany haddish in it it's cool um <laughs> but barbie specifically was like okay i'm gonna get this out of the way yeah it's you silly to. that i haven't watched it have you seen it yes uh-huh. okay um and i was expecting a movie that was good at worst Mm -hmm. like i was i was expecting to see a movie that was a lot of fun beautifully directed well acted and at 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 minimum very funny Mm -hmm. just because of the way everyone talks about it you know um and i have so many friends and listeners and you know people who've talked i've heard and seen talk about the movie it's just like i talked about it this way yeah, yeah, I feel I don't really. I was pretty. Remember your I was pretty positive. On it. On it. I, ge- I gave it a three and a half stars on Letterboxd. What's your review? <laughs> I said, "Very funny, good time at the movies, kind of shit." Just wish Greta Gerwig allowed herself to commit to it, just being that. Mm. Every time the movie comes to in uh, capital letters, the point of something, it grinds to a fucking halt. Uh, yes. Rob Thomas and Zack Snyder catching strays was nice. <laughs> uh yeah they do do that um i felt this movie was a a bummer Mm. just a real bummer i i found it to be um like just so up its own ass Mm -hmm. um really really self-referential humor um felt very marvel-y like reddit here kind of like sure every i i was trying to um i want to start by saying i like the lego movie and mm-hmm. so i feel a little bit hypocritical <laughs> uh making some of the points that i'm going to make uh but the lego movie succeeds by being a good story with a good character that happens to be about lego right and there isn't enough really there to reference Legos, except for the fact that some exist. 
right um, i feel like the only like references you really get in that movie are like there's like the batman lego guy and there's like I, the one that i always remember being really funny was the like uh the 80s generic spaceman and that oh, they yeah, always yeah. call him like 80s generic spaceman <laughs> yeah uh but I, but the thing about lego movie is that it like makes sense in what the metaphor is like right. in the world of legos it's all happening in a kid's mind mm-hmm. and his dad is stifling his creativity who's also will ferrell by the way uh <laughs> uh is stifling his creativity by only wanting Legos to be this like silly nerd thing where he like makes exact replicas of stuff and then super glues them together. And then he's like, I finished it. Right. And he's like, that's not the way you're supposed to play. You can do anything with Legos. That's the point. That's the point of the movie. And it makes sense in the story of the movie where the bad guy is a guy who is trying to destroy the Lego world with super glue. Mm -hmm. That's it's a one-to-one direct metaphor and yes it is a commercial for legos but it's a fun and good commercial for legos Mm -hmm. um this movie immediately felt completely confused as to what it was trying to get across yeah um because barbie land exists in the real world they're like parallel dimensions and then like you can go to it anybody can just go to it Right. And so like the the entire metaphor of it is nonsense. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is trying to be said. I don't know what it means for the Ken to go to the real world and then like find out about patriarchy and then be like we will become patriarchy by like broing out and saying that the girls should do stuff for us sometimes. Right. Because it's not like they're oppressing women in the Barbie land. They're just like having barbecues, which is like, (laughs) it's fucking. So basically my point is that this movie is infuriating to me. Like Uh not like when you say like it stops being successful when they try to do anything other than have fun. I agree with that, but Mm. it's like, I think you were just like, this is annoying and boring, but I was just like, I cannot stand watching this. It was like teeth grittingly painful when uh-huh. they were just like, I'm being a guy by fucking like having a mini fridge or whatever. Like that right. is not funny. It's not interesting. It's like regressive and infuriating to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of those jokes were not only not funny to me, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to turn it off. Was the was the uh, <laughs> Matchbox Twenty one at least funny to you? The Matchbox, the, the, uh, there's funny that stuff. One is, in that movie. one is just funny because it's such a good pull to just even remember that song, let alone to remember that like the lyrics are like pretty fucking wild <laughs> when you actually listen to them. <laughs> I I liked Matchbox Twenty was on when I was in high school. Like I had that mm-hmm. record. So sure, I did I, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember Rob Thomas. That is funny. Um. There's funny stuff in the movie. Like, don't get me wrong. Like the movie isn't isn't without any watching. Like the movie looks good. Mm-hmm. It's shiny. It's glossy. It's it's cool. Like I love the costumes. I love the, the costumes props. Are, I love yeah. the sets. Like it's it's not badly directed or anything. Like it's it it looks good. The cinematography is in sometimes really beautiful. Like. Mm-hmm the sequence where all the Kens are in the black suits with the pink socks dancing Mm. um, looks gorgeous. Like, I mean, it's one of the shots that made me want to watch the movie and the trailer. Um, 
it just doesn't add up to anything like all of that sort of like pretty like glossiness just feels so corporate by the like halfway point of the movie it's just like the all of this is in service of doing nothing but selling more barbies Mm -hmm. like there's really no point to the movie that's not true it's also in service of selling ford automobiles is there ford cars yeah you don't remember in the um there's like that chase sequence with like the Barbie executives or whatever. And the, and the mom character, there's a, you know, there's a car chase scene. Uh, that whole scene, everybody is driving like perfectly clean, generic, like, (laughs) you know, commercial ready Ford something or another's. And, um, and yeah, I mean like they like get all sorts of shots of like every like you literally could like transpose this perfectly onto a car commercial, like seeing all the like interior shots of the dashboard and like twenty twenty four Chevy Blazer E V S S featured yeah. in movie. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. I remember this part. And it does look like a fucking Barbie commercial. Uh, uh, cha- uh, car commercial. Car commercial, yeah. Um yeah, I it all feels like a commercial for something. Um, and then the, it feels like a bad Super Bowl commercial mm-hmm. is what I, is how I felt like, yes, it feels like a b- Super Bowl commercial where you're like, I hope they don't play that one again. Mm-hmm. Like that was annoying. <laughs> um, I, and the, the thing is, is like Ryan Gosling is amazing and he's mm-hmm. so funny. He carries like, the movie in such a major the, way. <laughs> and I, it's not, it, it it bums me out when people are like, oh, it's misogynist to be like the guy who's the funniest one is like the no. best part of the movie. It's this like, movie is actually retarded. Like it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not fucking, a good movie. It's, it's the fact that Ryan Gosling is so good in it is what makes it. Like. But what's so what's so infuriating about it is that it's like they there is stuff they could have done with it, mm-hmm. even even among their own like liberal feminist like points. But it's like they they the idea that all the women would just snap into like subservient female roles just because the guys put on leather jackets is like, what are you trying to say? Like, what exactly yeah. is happening here? And then like to snap them out of it, they just like start listing like 2010 Jezebel era, like contradictions of femininity yeah. uh, to their face. Like, what is the what is the metaphor here? I can't believe anybody watched this and wasn't infuriated by it. Like, <laughs> I, I I feel crazy uh-huh. that that looking at the way people talked about this movie for the past fucking year as a good <laughs> and worth watching, uh, and b not embarrassing, right? To like talk about and take seriously, uh. This movie is as bad as Transformers is. Well, this is the thing is it's like, I think that people like, I think, I mean, I think that people kind of just got a little mixed up in their heads about like how they even remember this movie. Because I think like when I saw it, I left the theater being like, that was funny. That was a good time. Every time it made it, it tried to make a point. I was really bored or I was cringing or I thought it was stupid. And (laughs) I think that overall, the whole piece together was kind of dumb, but I had a good time. I laughed. I thought Ryan Gosling was really funny. And that's really kind of how we left it, you know, (laughs) and like, and and everybody, everybody who I talked to about it was maybe they didn't talk about it explicitly in those terms, but they were treating it that way. You know, like, um, what was the, it's Ken and then who's Michael Sarah in that, um, um, 
it starts with an A. Aaron, what is it? R. Alfred. I can't remember Michael Sarah's character. Well, whatever. I mean, is that a real character? I've never heard of that. I don't know. Maybe, but um, (laughs) Uh, but like he plays Alan. Alan. Yeah. So, so like, for example, um, it was a joke around here that that I'm the Alan of our family because uh, my wife's uh, brother and both of her brothers-in-law are all named Ryan. So there's three Ryans and then me, Jeremy. And so like everybody would joke that I'm Alan, you know, and like, that's the way that people around here were treating the Barbie movie until literally last week when suddenly, like I didn't even expect it to be up for best picture. I was surprised that they were. Why would it be best picture? Like, and, 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 you know, it's only because there's 10 now. It's only because of the expanded format. There's no way that in a, a traditional five movie format that Barbie would be up for best picture. Anyway, yeah. that's, you know, that's it's all. not, you know, it's not best picture asteroid fucking city. Yeah, that's crazy. It's insane. We didn't mention it on the bonus episode because I completely forgot that it would even be up because I thought it was more recent than that. Mm-hmm. But that, is the most insane snub I've heard. That is by far the best movie of last year. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. I fucking love that movie. You're too high on it. No, I'm not. It's top. It's top. (laughs) Best of your life. Come on. (laughs) It's his best movie. It's the one of the best living directors, his best movie. Yeah. But when you're saying one of the best movies you've ever seen in your life, like what, what number are we talking about here? Like Like top 50. Top 50, okay, maybe. Yeah, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of fucking movies. That's true, yeah, I've seen a lot of movies. Uh, yeah, I think it, yeah, I'm not saying like top five or anything. It's not a first column movie. It absolutely it is. It is not a first column movie. Uh, for me, it is Wes Anderson's best movie. And, <laughs> and it's above Royal Tenenbaums, which is definitely first column. I do believe you're right that it is first column, but... um. Gonna have to agree to disagree, and thankfully we didn't cover it on the show, so we won't have to have this argument. <laughs> anyway, Barbie sucked. Uh, I did not like it. Um, and yeah, very infuriating movie. Please don't say it's good. <laughs> Shouldn't be best picture. Stop telling people that. Yeah, it's, it's very misleading. Um, anyway, let's get to our looking for the picture okay let's get to our feature presentation oh baby movies popcorn it's the movies <laughs> and it's popcorn uh <laughs> this week we are talking about 1995's Paul Verhoeven film showgirls that's right starring um nobody no no (laughs) elizabeth berkeley uh it has elizabeth berkeley and it has um gina gershon Mm -hmm. from bound remember yes uh and then also dale cooper and we love him God damn, Gina Gershon, like, was there just kind of like an understanding of her in the 90s or is this like, this woman is so hot, we need to just put her in every sexual thing that there is to make movies about? <laughs> like, everybody is just like, so That's I got a correct. new, I got it. they're like, te- <laughs> like, directors are sitting down with their tenting their hands, just like, I have an idea for you, this is going to be kind of 
a little out of the box for you, but what if you were extremely hot and, uh, and horned <laughs> and up everyone on screen and everybody you, wants to fuck you? And everyone thinks you're hot. And that's sort of like the... Sort of like your motivation. It's kind of the crux, is how, yeah, is that you're just you like unthinkably hot and um, everybody <laughs> everywhere wants to fuck you. That's right. Uh, and she's nice. She's nice with it. She's um, nice with it. <laughs> lots of people at this. <laughs> lots of people in this movie are nice with it. Um, it everyone's very beautiful. Um, this is we are talking about uh, the fuck fuck brewery. Um, this movie is very infamous. For being fuckable, mm-hmm. <laughs> for having a lot of sex in it, and nudity, uh, mostly nudity though, not really any sex. There's like um, a couple sex scenes, but not a lot. There's a couple sex scenes, but more like teasing sexiness. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of nudity and erotic. And sexuality. as a matter of fact, the only sex scene in the movie, as far as I know, as far as I remember, well, I mean, there's a rape scene, but the only like regular sex scene. Oh yeah, God. Uh, is the most like hilariously like performative, you know, joke yeah. of a sex scene that you could possibly fucking imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yes. It's very funny. Um and it, it's very interesting. One thing I noticed is that um a big YouTube channel that reviews movies called Red Letter Media mm-hmm. just reviewed this movie as well. Yeah. Uh, I have not. I haven't watched, watched it. it. I wanted to keep. I wanted to keep my mind clean. Keep, keeping my powder dry yeah. here. Um, <laughs> so I haven't watched what uh, I think it's Rich and Jay mm-hmm. have to say about it. From the thumbnail, they look like they don't like it, which mm. I think is uh, stupid, weird, dumb. Uh, mo- movie rules. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is the only the only NC 17 rated movie to be given a wide release in mainstream theaters, Mm. um, in history. Um, I'm guessing off of the name power of Verhoeven. um, Who's coming off of Robocop and total recall and basic instinct, which is a huge movie for him as well. And then he comes back with another huge movie right after this. Uh, yes. Which is called starship troopers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so this was a weird one where it cost at the time a pretty lot, a lot of money for not a action movie. It's, mm-hmm. It was a $45 million movie and it was a pretty big flop. It, you can it see where it went. <laughs> movie it does looks, not look cheap. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's a, it looks like an expensive movie. Um, so what, let's, uh, you hadn't seen this, hadn't right? Hadn't seen this. Uh, I also hadn't seen this. I, it's one of those um, ones that um, it's interesting. So, you know, I used to have my bad movie show at Videology and I'd always be like researching, trying to I find. For- I always forget about I'm so- I can't believe I never saw that. Yeah, you might have. Uh, no, I did. I definitely didn't. I used to go there all the time, though. Mm-hmm. So I had my bad movie show and I was always like trying to research to find other bad movies that I could show there that I'd never seen before. And this one, obviously always comes up on like worst of of all time lists and whatever and every time i'd see it come up i'd be like well i certainly can't show this at my little show (laughs) (laughs) you know like i can't like go to videology and show like all this nudity and stuff they won't let me have my little show anymore (laughs) (laughs) they will get mad at me (laughs) so Um, it's just kind of always uh evaded me uh i've never really gotten around to watching it and uh, obviously it has movies. that reputation of being terrible, 
so I've never really like tried to watch it. Yeah, I it was one of those movies where it's hard to it's hard to find a good time because what you know about it is that it's so if there's if there's a reason to watch it, um, it's that it's so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. And the other thing you know about it is that there's a shit ton of nudity. So generally, when you watch a So Bad It's Good movie, you want to be around other people yeah. to laugh. Um, but do you want to be watching a two hours of explicit nudity with your friends? Yeah. Um, is this one you so- throw on with the homies? No. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, no. Um, and so I, I think one thing I want you to come away with, uh, listener, is... Um, that there's a different reason to watch this movie, and it's because it's not so bad. It's good. No, it's just a fucking funny. It's just good a movie. good movie. What is <laughs> like? What is the deal? Like Paul Verhoeven is a genius who is leaks leagues and bounds smarter than the American public for all of the '90s. Yeah, I mean, I would say like there is some validity to the idea that like so. I I often say of like um like born in the USA for example the Bruce Springsteen song that like the fact that was it Reagan or Bush one of them used it as their as their like campaign song and then he was like oh you yeah. can't do that uh, don't fucking play it it's about people like you not not in celebration you it's like if people are able to use your work that way that means that you failed you know like yeah, absolutely if if somebody is able to misinterpret your work in that way that means that you weren't sharp enough and you didn't actually make the point you wanted to make you failed at satire and i think there is validity to the idea that if verhoven consistently makes movies that get you know that that you know people see and cannot tell is satire there is something to be said for the fact that like maybe it's a bit on him, you know, if it smells like <laughs> shit everywhere you go, you got to check under your shoes sometimes. And like I think right. that there is I, buy that. I think there is something to be said for the fact that like he's pretty undefeated on that <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> making making really cool and smart uh satire that people only realize is satire 10 years later. Um Although I will say that maybe it's kind of baller to do that. That's the thing is and like just be like Okay, fine. This People is what I was going to say also is that like somehow I still actually think that Verhoeven is sick for that. Usually I would <laughs> usually I would be looking at a repertoire like this and say you're failing somewhere along the line. Here, even if he is failing, it still fucking rocks that he yeah. just keeps doing it. He never <laughs> learns his lesson. <laughs> He's just doing what he fucking wants to do. He refuses. And I, I think it, it especially is interesting though because like robocop and total recall just rule Mm -hmm. even if you don't get it like if you don't get anything else but then like cool movie right uh like they're still cool movies like same for especially total recall and same for this one i'm just gonna say it i didn't even think it was bad i didn't just as a fundamentals movie i was like this is fun it's funny it's weird it's like you know it's it's definitely (laughs) clunky there's a lot of like you know b plots that i would probably cut from the (laughs) from the script if i had the choice but i'm like i'm not watching this being like this is like the room you know (laughs) no well what's what's i think the really the only thing that even gets it there is elizabeth berkeley's berkeley's performance Mm mm-hmm which is insane and over the top. Everything she does seems like she's in a different movie. Sure. Um, but I think that's where the comedy is supposed to be. Yes. Um, 
it's supposed to be funny mm-hmm. um, that she's this caricature of the um, like small town, uh, small town gal who wants to make it to the big time. Yeah, uh, and she's sort of bristling and and bubbling with spunk and uh, ego, and thinks she deserves it. Uh, and she kind of plays it. And according to, I read it, that Verhoeven said that he felt bad that people made fun of her for her acting mm-hmm. as though those were her choices. And he was like, I pushed her really hard to exaggerate everything she did. Yes. Um, like, I don't understand I how you bad that. <laughs> like, how do you watch this movie and not realize that you're supposed to be seeing this as caricature, that you're supposed to be seeing all this stuff as like, like, uh, uh, like, just taking this at face value is such a wild thing to do because like yeah. the premise of this movie has you presuppose that there is like this like tiered system of stripping that like that there's like, a, like it's like an That's anime it's like a, it's like an anime <laughs> where like there's like you're at the you're at the you're at the bad stripping school but if you like if you work hard and like beat the right bosses of each class you know then you move on to like the big leagues big stripper yeah. academia you know <laughs> like, yeah it's a shonen anime yeah for stripping uh so let's just quickly recap what happens. Uh, there's not that much to it. Sure. Uh, and I think one, I think we'll agree that the, one of the big criticisms of this movie is that it's a little bloated, even where it is pretty funny. Like there's a couple things that we could have just lost and mm-hmm. had a little bit uh, quicker. Um, but the basic premise of the movie is that we meet Elizabeth Berkeley, who's playing Nomi Malone. Um, and very she funny thing, by the way, um, so as as astute listeners will know, my wife is pregnant. We're having a baby girl and um, we're trying to, you know, we're talking about naming her and what are we going to name her? And we want to have a two syllable name. And, you know, my son's name is Nico. And we're like thinking of names that would go well with Nico. And we're watching this movie last night. And I'm just like, what about Nomi? And we Nomi's both a cute name. It's a cute name. And we both for a couple of minutes were like, Nomi is a nice name. What if we did Nomi? And then we were like, we can't. We can't do the name from <laughs> like it, it, like in, in the future she'll ask us like like where did my name come from? And we'll say like, oh, we were watching Showgirls. <laughs> well, we'll just lie and say that it's uh Nomi from Sense Eight. Yeah. Yeah, we named we named you after this um this trans hacker character from a show nobody watched. <laughs> She's cool. <laughs> she is cool. She's the worst actor on the show. But don't worry That's about true. it. <laughs> don't watch it. Don't watch it. <laughs> I mean, my parents never told me that my name was about anything. Mm-hmm. Did they you ever ask? Like, yeah. Like, why is my name Bryn? And they're like, I don't know. Oh, no. I mean, the same thing with me. I mean, I asked cool. why my name is Jeremy. And they said, we just liked it. And I'm like, okay, cool. But still, I mean, I don't know. We'll always know. <laughs> You'll always know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's actually pretty cool. I, I would definitely name my kid after a Verhoeven movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we'll name I don't her care. RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should name her Robo. Wait, isn't it twins? No. No, no, not twins. No, God help us. No. (laughs) Fuck, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Twins would be cool. Twins would be cool. I don't want three kids, though. That would suck. All right. Um, 
Okay, so um, Nomi is hitchhiking to Vegas. She's a dancer who wants to make it as a showgirl. Um, she wants to dance in the big time. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, gets picked up by some Elvis impersonator who robs her, then meets Molly, who's a costume designer at uh, a big, huge casino yep. show called at the Stardust. Stardust. Or, at the Stardust Casino called Goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, Stardust doesn't exist anymore, weirdly. Yeah. Um, but and then so it's basically just this big Hollywood type production, uh, where Crystal Connors is Gina Gershon, and she's like the 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 mother of the the whole show. Everyone loves her. She's the best. She's the star. Um, and then she's dating uh, Dougie. <laughs> what is his real name? Zach Carey, who is played by Kyle McLaughlin. Um, Zach is sort of, he's the boss. He's sort of an entertainment director. And uh, Nomi gets a job at a regular strip club mm-hmm. for a while to like make ends meet. But she's trying to get onto this show. Eventually, she gets on the show after humiliating um, casting sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets on the show and then fights her way up to become the lead girl. Um, lots of other stuff involving an Alvin Alley type dance, like interpretive dance dancer. Uh, no, he's of- also like <laughs> he also does like strip club dancing. This is like the funniest thing to me is kind like, of like because of like, uh, uh, you know, we'll get back to this. We'll get back to it. But she gets the top of the she gets to the top of the line. Then she uh, pushes Crystal to have her out of the spotlight so mm-hmm. she can get in the spotlight. And then she starts dating uh, Kyle McLaughlin and uh, then she's at the top and then Molly gets raped. And then she realizes that like they, the cops are in on it mm-hmm. and <laughs> uh, you know, that, 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 the, the, the tier above them, of, she, she gets raped by like a, a big star he's some like a rock sort of star or something big rock star who's in hollywood and she's like well he can't get in trouble so the cops aren't getting involved we're we're paying you hush money mm-hmm. and she's like this whole thing is corrupt i've been corrupted you're all corrupted so she decides to leave yep um there's always going to be some other person so she goes to see um uh, what's her face crystal in the hospital they make out mm-hmm. um um she blackmails them uh oh no she beats up the yeah she, she gets revenge she beats on him like the, half to death <laughs> she gets she gets revenge on the celebrity who raped molly uh by beating him up with a knife mm-hmm. uh and then then she just leaves uh <laughs> yeah and it's the elvis um, impersonator guy again she gets back in his car and they leave right um oh yeah crystal admits that she also did this Mm-hmm. That the, this is sort of just a cycle. She also kind of did this. Yes, but... this is how you make this is how you make top rank at big stripper academia. Yeah, and uh, she gets a big amount of cash, um, and then they kiss and they forgive each other, and then she leaves and she's going to Los Angeles now, mm-hmm. uh, coincidentally, coincidentally with the same guy who uh, robbed her. Yep. Um. So that's the movie. Um. Functionally, importantly, the movie is an odyssey through what it's like to become a star actor or some mm-hmm. person of importance in an entertainment system. They are not talking about Vegas. They're talking about Hollywood. Yes. This is a movie. And they're not talking about a, stripping. They're just talking about art overall. They're talking about 
the the Hollywood system and making art within a very very corrupt system. Yeah. Um. And so, because it's Verhoeven, he has to do things with this sense of over the top comedy. Yeah, it's maximalism, like, right? It's Verhoeven maximalism. It's it's just so funny to me to like <laughs> watch this movie and be like, there were people watching this, and it seemingly was everybody. Everybody for a really long time was watching this movie with a straight face being like, wait, there's this no so like there's no stripper hierarchy like this. What are you doing? You this is stupid. That's not what sex <laughs> looks like when people have sex. People don't bust in their pants from a lap dance. You know, like they're watching all this stuff and taking every single thing at face value, and you're like, how are you not? Just <laughs> how are you not just seeing that this is a star is born, but with tits out, you know, like, how are you not getting yeah. this? <laughs> like, it's, you know, with like Starship Troopers, you're like, OK, I can see like how this kind of gets missed because it's an action movie and it has that sort of rah-rah sort of action sensibility. It lets you enjoy the action while also trying to tell you something about fascism and stuff. I can see how people missed that. I can see how maybe like RoboCop, like if you don't pay attention to like the commercials or the set dressing, whatever, like this is so overt. It's like watching mother and being like, and being like, (laughs) I don't know what that was about. It's weird that all that shit happened with her house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why was he being such an asshole? Why were all those people showing up in her house? (laughs) (laughs) Mother, if you haven't seen it is a uh, very direct metaphor about the creation of the earth yeah Javier Bardem uh it's it's slapping you in the face with it and this movie also feels like it's slapping you in the face with it where it's like I think for like the first couple of minutes I was like why does this movie feel so disjointed and weird Mm -hmm. like why does she throw up (laughs) on Molly right uh in the very beginning um and it's just because it's supposed to be funny like it's just a weird he has this weird sense of like here's how I'll show you that this movie is a metaphor mm-hmm. is that it's over the top. Right. And, and that to me, like if he just made a movie, there's some quote about satire as like, if just like looking directly at the sun is boring, you know, like if you just made a movie about like, Oh, directors are evil, you mm-hmm. know, like producers are evil and casting couch politics are like is rape and stuff. And it would just be like boring and dark to watch, you know, just be like, oh yeah, Hollywood is really bad. And like power is always exploited in these ways because of like the amount of money people have and how they use these women like this. But it's like, let's have some fun watching, like explaining that. Like let's let's show you how it works in a way that is like funny and Mm -hmm. and a good time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And isn't hard, is is more fun to watch. Um, And I think he always just wants to do that. Like it's, especially with Starship Troopers, it's like, that's a movie that has to be fun on its face. Otherwise, it's just like dour, like the American military is fascist. Right. Like, <laughs> that's not very fun. Uh, so I think this is just, this is just a movie about to do, it is a really insane thing to be like, let's do Starship Troopers about sex mm-hmm. and and about you know rape yeah and, and like and what if instead of a male fantasy in some ways it's like a female fantasy like where she's like this like 
endlessly desirable like nobody yeah. can ever stop trying to fuck her like everybody wants <laughs> her she gets away with everything like she's always in control um and then at the end she gets all of the revenge that she wants on even the even the guy that fucked her over when she got there like even he gets his comeuppance you know like, yeah it, it's yeah absolutely and she also gets to be the uh she gets to have been the star, mm-hmm. you know, and then she's only at the end of the movie. She's like only going to California to like cont- to start all over again. Yeah. Like now she's actually going to go into Hollywood, the movie that this is all a metaphor for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's funny. It's like um, it's like if you watched like a perfect storm, the perfect storm or something like that. And it's like they finally like get onto the Coast Guard boat and like they're they're out of the storm and they're all saved. And then like they just like are driving into like an even bigger wave. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> what is it? Oh, you know what I was thinking of was um, Captain Ron. You ever see that movie, Captain Ron? No, I never did see that. Is that Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell, yeah. And Martin Short. Um but the end of that movie, after like their Captain Ron. yeah, after their whole adventure is over, um, Captain Ron like drops them off, and then he like gets on somebody else's boat, and he's like captaining their boat, and like the last shot is like him driving into the path of like a gigantic cruise ship, <laughs> 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 and then like the credits roll over a freeze frame of that, and you're like, oh, so the end of the movie is that Captain Ron dies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh right, Captain Ron is the one where they're like on like a, a one of those three hour tours or something, and like he's trying to fuck his wife. Or yeah, something. it's like he um, I think it's like Martin Short like inherits an antique yacht, but he doesn't know how to like pilot it, so he like hires this this sketchy dude, uh, Captain Ron, who uh, you know through their adventure like he uh, he learns to like love his family more or some shit like that. I'd love okay. to rewatch is that. Like, I'm it's like a family. It's a family movie. It's funny because it's tonally like very. <laughs> like, it's it feels like it's supposed to be a family movie, and it's like shot like a family movie, and has that sort of vibe to it. But it's like extremely raunchy. <laughs> and, like like Captain <laughs> Ron like walks around in like in like a speedo all the time, and like his like gigantic package, and like yeah, yeah. yeah I remember the trailer. Uh, I remember it didn't seem like a a family movie no i'd be very curious to rewatch it now 1992 weird weird year for that kind of movie yeah does he have an eye patch he does yeah hmm. very strange anyway what we're we talking about it's rated pg-13 huh <laughs> <laughs> uh what were you saying about captain ron oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh he's just that she's like a, she's like she's going she's to escaping a bigger way yeah she's yeah. escaping the buzzsaw to walk into an even bigger buzzsaw <laughs> <laughs> out of the fire frying pan into the fire mm-hmm. for sure um yeah and then she basically goes and does uh the mulholland drive movie <laughs> mm-hmm. or inland empire or whatever whatever david lynch has been talking about for the past 20 years i mean this is fu- it's funny because this movie is functionally mulholland drive i've never um, seen mulholland drive what yeah um mulholland drive is a movie about a girl who comes to it, it's David Lynch's version of this, where it's like a bright eyed Naomi Watts comes to Hollywood and then mm. is like slowly sucked into like, you know, the dark, like underworld of, of Hollywood. And uh, the other girl who like was in her place before, 
like is like also her because it does that David Lynch thing where it's like it can't just be like oh you see how their paths are similar and it's a cycle it's like he starts playing with the fact that she they're the same person and Mm -hmm. then like the cowboy represents like the way the CIA like takes is like disallows certain themes from being uh commented on in like big Hollywood movies and stuff. It's a great movie. It's very weird. Um but I feel like people get that movie, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and that movie is much harder to understand than this one. Um so I think Paul Verhoeven has done a great job uh yeah. getting across what he wants to do. I, I just um, I think that like I think that probably the biggest problems for this movie, like one of them is real and one of them is perceived, right? The real problem is that it's too fucking long and there's too much bullshit. There's a lot of stuff in it that it's just like, what is this doing here? This is no, there's no payoff to this at all. Like the whole thing. Give me with, an example. So the the side character, the the um, the guy who does the black guy who does the interpretive dance thing, um, almost no value to that whatsoever. It it doesn't really add a whole lot. There's this kind of like deer in headlights chick who uh, is who is at the initial strip club with her uh, who shows up and you get to hear the shitty guy like explain the rules to her and be like, and then you got to suck my dick if you want to stay here very long. Like she is around way too much. Um, that's that's very true. I kind of like James's James is the, mm-hmm. the guy. Um, I kind of like his little b plot um because it feels like a way to talk about um the infuriating and weird path of like indie movies in hollywood yeah uh because i feel like that's what he was representing well that's what i was gonna say is like that's his main purpose in this movie um is yeah and 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 it's it's also important to call attention to like the absurdity of the underlying premise of this movie, right? Is like part of the point of him, I think is to really draw your eye to be like, wait, so they're doing like a special, like choreographed strip routine at a (laughs) dance club, just like, yeah, as a way of like trying to like drum up interest or whatever for his weird art stripping. Like, what world is this? Yeah. And you have to look at it and be like, it's not this world. This is so I'm with you on world. that. But I also think that there's a lot of stuff with him where, like, like they're, like, gonna hook up. And then she's like, sorry, I'm on my period. And then he, like, fucks this other girl. And then he's like, sorry, babe, I have a problem with pussy. Like, all that stuff is, like, <laughs> it just... there's. I will say, I think that that's It got a good the, laugh out of me. Don't get me wrong. That part is funny. <laughs> I, I feel like there are a couple scenes where it's just, like, like especially their dance sex scene um i don't really get what it's it's doing there like when she goes to his house like why this will they won't they with him and i feel like looking at it through the lens of like creating a a, like a female fantasy might help Mm -hmm. a a male a female power fantasy where it's like she just maybe a part of it is that it's just like you get to see dance sequences and she gets to be desired and want everyone wants to fuck her. Right. But I feel like we get a little too many scenes of that Mm -hmm. where it's just like, I don't really need to see the dancing or like the, the over the top fucking this many times. Like, uh, I feel like it goes on there. 
the point is, I think more importantly that what's her name? Like Beth. And they like say her name is hope or something. Right. Oh yeah. She's Penny and he changes her name to hope. Like that stuff is just like, okay, but we're already watching that story. Mm-hmm. Like we're already watching that story with her. We don't need a different girl. Yeah. To be you like, have and that she's happen even, to her. She's even more doe eyed or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's just stuff in it that it's like, we could have taken this out. Yeah. Um, but I like Al, the sort of like sleazy little studio. Yeah. Owner I love who's him. Like, He's great. Um, he's sort of the Roger Corman of the movie. Um, <laughs> there's also like, um, there's uh, towards the end. There's this whole thing where like, uh, where she has like a secret identity. Like Nomi is like actually oh, yeah. like you know running from her fa- her parents murder suicide and like she has a real different name and she's been a hooker and whatever. And you're like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> well, what does that have to do? Yeah, with what does this have to do with anything? This is kind of chugging along fine on its own before you added all this stuff in. <laughs> Pollyanne Costello. I feel like that part is like it's just a sort of like scripty way to be like, and this is why she doesn't just go to the police right. if she's fucking off anyway. Um but it 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 does I, I guess I I don't know. That one doesn't isn't enough to be like I'm annoyed by it because it's no. just like real quick at the end. Um no, but it's one of the but things it does that... inform the rest of her performances being like a lot of times people are like what what about your family? Where are your family? She's mm-hmm. like, I don't have, I don't have any. Uh, it's like why why is it like this? Yeah, but I mean, what I mean is like that's one of the things that people will point to when they say that this is a bad movie is like that there's like this chunk in there that's just like a weird little plot thing that they throw in for no reason that doesn't go anywhere. Like that sort of stuff is 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 a bit of a problem for me. But what I was gonna say is that like the biggest problem this movie has is a perceived one, which is that there's so much nudity and there's so much sex. And that Americans are allergic. You know, there's like this kind of like this uh, this puritanical sort of uh, undercurrent to all of our art where like, you know, we're constantly having this fucking discourse on Zoom or Twitter now about like, is there such a thing as a sex scene that moves the plot along or whatever? Like, is there a necessary yeah. sex scene? This movie is is nothing but unnecessary sex scenes. It's almost all unnecessary sex scene. And, and it's necessary to make me laugh. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and it's and it and it's nice, you know. It's funny. Yeah, <laughs> we're already doing this story. Why not? You know, um, and, and and I think that's kind of the biggest mark against it in terms of its like its per- public perception and the way that it has kind of come to be known as one of the worst movies of all time is that like it just gets handicapped in a major way by the fact that people are dumbasses when it comes to sex and nudity, that they just like can't help themselves, but be like, this is unnecessary. This is gratuitous. Like you can have fucking, you know, John wick running through a movie, just like fucking, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Killing like headshotting, head headshotting person after person after person, just like, you know, that's fine. You know, <laughs> like gratuitous violence is ending fine. people's life. Yeah. for No reason is fine. And I agree, it is fine, but it's like, why would it be different for fucking? Yeah, and they're not even fucking. It's just tits. It's mostly tits, and and, yeah, and yeah. for some not reason even, that is considered. To we be don't like, even see a P and V. No, we actually don't even see P. We don't see P. Period. Yeah, I mean, we don't get to see Kyle MacLachlan's cock. <laughs> I'm not sure that we see a V either. We see a we see a a mons pubis a area <laughs> when the girl's crawling on the floor. I thought so, but then I I thought that maybe she was wearing a G-string and it was just kind of like a weird, confusing shot. Oh, okay, maybe. But yeah, not huge, like not not a ton of bush in this movie either. If there is, it's like slight glances. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Wait, isn't she completely naked when she's dancing on Comic Laughlin? Uh, maybe, but you don't really see. Mm. There might be a couple. I, I'm trying to remember now, but uh, it doesn't really matter. The point is, is that like this movie, there could be a lot sexier movies, and mm-hmm. I'd be happy with it. Like this movie is fuck brewery, but it's not really erotic. Yeah, I'm gonna guess like, that the other three movies we're watching this month are gonna be much more erotic than this. Much sexier. <laughs> I mean, I from what I understand, Body Heat and In the Realm of the Senses are like real real fucking time um <laughs> i think i think in the realm of the senses is is famous for having non-simulated sex mm. um body heat i know nothing about but i know it's a neo-noir so i am excited about it um but yeah so i mean i don't know this movie i think you're right it's just like a big part of it is that people are really uncomfortable and i feel like it's trying to like play on that yes definitely and be like put rub your nose in it and being like isn't this kind of funny though how over the top it, yeah be, and and isn't you're, it funny when you how over the top her... hollywood does sex yeah like this is how hollywood does sex it's stupid and over the top and you should laugh at it like when you see them fuck in the pool that's what you're supposed to be thinking when she like is already doing this like crazy like violent like you know <laughs> like uh like grinding motion into him and then she just like lays back in the pool she's like floating in air just like still somehow fucking him and you're like suppo- you're not supposed to look at that and be like oh weird how did that get by you know the editing like how did anybody let that shot get through you're supposed to that's like these things are supposed to stand out to you they're making a point <laughs> yeah you're supposed to laugh at it you're supposed to understand that this is a joke and that there's a reason for it yeah um I don't know, man. I, I hope that the people who listen to the show understand this. <laughs> I, I It's hard to explain, but it, the movie is pretty straight ahead. Yeah. Like this is a, a funny commentary on the exploitation of actresses, specifically actresses mm-hmm. um, in Hollywood and how, and the exploitation of sex across all of Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and it, the reason it's over the top is so it doesn't just just do that. Um, and I think that's his point, too, in RoboCop. And like you said, like, there is a an example of, like, he basically started a trend of, like, oh, action movies should be obscenely violent yeah. and gory. Um, he was doing it, I think, as a joke. As, like, wouldn't it be insane if an action movie was, like, and then your hand gets blown off? Yeah. You know, like, that's, you should be, you should see it as disgusting or over the top you know um but then it kind of just seemed like that became the norm because of how successful robocop is yeah um so you know you can debate the merits on whether it works quote unquote culturally or whatever but i think it's it's pretty obviously that this is just robocop for sex yes and exploitation and i would go so far as to say i think i like this more than robocop I think I'd I'd put them I'd put this one in RoboCop about equal. Yeah. I think I'd rather I, I, like the, I think I'd rather watch this again than RoboCop again personally. I think there's a lot of great stuff in RoboCop. I think I'm not, I, I'm not saying this. that as a knock on yeah, RoboCop. I, I do like RoboCop, but I think I would I would I would say it I would phrase it as I like this as much as RoboCop. <laughs> 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 I think it's a great movie. Yeah. Um I definitely recommend it. Uh, definitely just know, by the just on sheer numbers alone this has got to be the most underrated verhoven movie 
Oh, big time. <laughs> this was this is generally considered one of the worst movies ever made. And um, it's actually fucking sick. And it's a good movie. <laughs> um yes. Uh it's crazy. Uh so I would recommend it. This isn't Verhoeven month. This is fuck brewery. Um but definitely a good one. Yes. Say up there with with RoboCop and Total Recall. Mm-hmm. I like it better than Stormship Troopers. <laughs> Stormship Troopers. I always say Stormship Troopers. Yeah. It's I know it's Starship Troopers, but I think I'm wanting to say Stormtroopers. Storm yeah. Uh anyway, that's the show, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Generation Loss. If you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and uh join one of the tiers there. You can uh join the Discord. If you want to join the Sopranos tier, you can um, vote on which movie we're going to watch, which the nominations have just ended if you're hearing this on Monday. Um, But if you join now, you can vote on what the nominations were. Um, So have fun there. Check out what the Dark Council is. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Loss. uh, Yeah, Jen Loss Pod and follow us individually from there. Follow Jeremy's YouTube at Jeremy Thunder. Listen to my band, Stay Inside. Uh, and until next time, that's, that's movies. movies.